0: Well, good morning, good Friday morning. I'm going to be so good to you and so easy on you this morning because I've been sharing so much scripture. Uh, Not really. Anyway, let's turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. We're in the third of the parables that Jesus has taught. And we need to understand that this is a timeline, a series of parables that are a timeline. Uh, They rejected the Father, which is mostly the Old Testament. He built him a vineyard, Jerusalem. He walled it, he protected them, he provided for them. They rejected him, they rejected the prophets, and they continued to reject the prophets. Uh, then there was the 400 years of silence, and then the prophet John the Baptist comes. He is the prophet, the forerunner to Jesus Christ. And God then sends his son. That's the second of the parables, the parable of the tenants. It's progressive. It's chronological. Not all of scripture is, but these three parables are. And as we get into the third parable here, the parable of the wedding feast, it's in Matthew chapter 22. We need need to be careful here. Um, Do not confuse the parable of the wedding feast, Matthew 22, with the parable that's found in Luke 14, 16 through 24. That's your homework. I'm going to give you some homework. There's two different parables here. And, and we're looking at two different time frames here because now we're looking at a time when the Holy Spirit has been uh, poured out. And so that's what we're looking at here. The rejection of the Father in the first parable. <clears throat> Excuse me. The rejection of the Son in the second one and the, the third with the rejection of the Holy Spirit. So look at what happens here, and picture a wedding feast, picture God continuing to invite. Uh, he's continuing to reach out. And as we look at uh, the book of Acts, as as uh, Jesus in his post-resurrection, he tells them to go and to wait in uh, Acts chapter one, and they're gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse eight and verse nine, they're gonna be the witnesses. They're gonna be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the, of the earth. And then in Acts chapter 2, they go in and they wait and the Holy Spirit comes. And for the first seven chapters of the book of Acts, it's really all about the Jews. It's all about what's going to happen with the Jews. And it's this uh, Holy Spirit outreach, right? Because they're filled with the Holy Spirit in chapter 2. They go out and do powerful miracles all throughout. Um, And all of a sudden, you see um, all of Jerusalem, right? You see all of what's going on and you see these mighty miracles, So In Acts chapter 3, you see the healing of the the lame man at the gate beautiful. In Acts chapter 4, you see him called before the Sanhedrin. Uh, They suffer for him. They're excited for for him. And then we get to Acts chapter 7, and we get the stoning of Stephen. And Stephen Stephen tells them what their problem is. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 7, 51. And then from then, from from Acts chapter 7 at the end of it, we get into Acts chapter 8 where where, um, uh, Saul comes on the scene. And then he's breathing out threatenings in chapter 8 and chapter 9. We have then the conversion of Saul. And then in Acts chapter 10, we get the whole thing changes. The scene changes. And it's Peter at the house of Cornelius. So we need to look at this framework, and we need to look at it chronologically. He comes for his Jews, for the Jews, and and uh, they reject him all through the Old Testament. They kill the prophets. Then then we get into towards the New Testament. We get into John, the new covenant uh, um, that Jesus is going to provide with his blood. Uh, Um, And John is beheaded. And then Jesus is crucified. He raises from the dead. He empowers the church on the day of Pentecost with the Holy Spirit. And with that in mind, and with all of that in mind, the rejection of the Father, the killing of the Son, let's look at at, uh, Matthew chapter 22. And we're going to read 12, uh, probably 11 verses. Matthew 22. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Now, this can't be in um, uh, at the end of time, obviously, because if this is the wedding feast the, uh, that would be in the, um, at the end of time, this would be the wedding feast and all the guests would already be there. And we would be celebrating the, the this feast. But this is still... At a time when God is drawing people to his son by the Holy Spirit, again, he sent out other servants saying, tell them you uh, who are invited, see that I've prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready, come to the wedding feast. He's still reaching out. He's still reaching out, he's still uh, caring, he's still providing the word, um, but they don't come. But they paid no attention, went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. What did they do to the apostles? Uh, they seized them. And eventually killed them all except for John. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. God didn't do this, but God allowed things to happen. And remember in AD 70, about 40 years after, um, after Jesus is raised from the dead, um, the city is destroyed. And many times through the Old Testament, God's servants were ungodly servants who he used. And he used to do his bidding. And that's what happened in Rome when God allowed the Romans to sack the city. Uh, why? Because it was the destruction of the temple that he said would happen when he said this temple, this law, this all of this would come to ruin Verse 8, then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy, go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as they would find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all uh, whom they found both good, bad and good, so the wedding all was filled with guests. But when the king came to look at the guests, he saw men with no wedding garment. There was this invitation come, but not everybody was properly ready. Not everybody had been uh, um, um, properly prepared for this particular feast, and the work had not been done. And so what we need to do is not get too bound down in this, but I want you just to 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 show you that what happened in this situation, what happens in this is there's this rejection God sends his prophets, rejected. To reject the prophets is to reject the father. God sends his son, he's drug outside the vineyard and he's killed. To reject the son is also to reject the father. God doesn't give up, he sends the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit goes to his people, the Jews, and what happens? He goes to them and and he ministers to the Jews. And many of them have this kind of little conversion, but not a true relationship. We, we know that the apostles still str- uh, struggle with the Judaizers who wanted to mix everything. And so these are those that don't have the proper robes and, and, the, and they're not prepared for this but many rejected the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter seven, verse 52, uh, Stephen said, you always reject the Holy Spirit. See, at this particular time, before um, our time, there was a time when you, when rejecting God and rejecting uh, the Son and rejecting the Holy Spirit, there could be a time when we could repent of those things, but now we are in a time where you cannot reject the Holy Spirit He says in this particular passage, this rejection of the Holy Spirit leads to murderous things, leads to destruction, leads to things that that there's no turning back. Can I just challenge you today on this Friday? to make sure that you're not uh, partially clothed, to make sure that you're not just in a church, to make sure that you're just not in a, a relationship with your pastor or a relationship with a church or you're being religious about the things you do but you're not properly clothed in, in the garments of praise and the garments of the salva- your salvation in the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't reject the Holy Spirit. Don't don't take this time in your life. Don't take this time and just be about and to be looking like you're a part of the wedding party when you're really not. Don't reject the Holy Spirit. Don't reject God's wooing. Don't reject God's leading. Don't reject God coming to you again and again and again. But when he invites us with the power of his Holy Spirit through his servants, which are pastors and teachers and, and, and people who are um, uh, believers and, and lay people in the church. And they're inviting you and they're, and they're, they're praying for you. And the Holy Spirit is, is inviting you in your heart. Don't reject. Don't reject. Don't push away what God wants to do in your heart and your life. He wants to take you deeper and he wants to do great things in your life. Don't reject the wooing of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Till we talk again.